This is KMTT, Kimitzion Titzei Torah. On Mondays, we are having Rav Benjamin Tavori, who is giving a series this year on Mo'adei Hashanah, Shiurim, about the different holidays and festivals. Today's shiur will discuss a Mishnah about Karban Pesach, but there'll be issues that deal with Arachayim in general and an understanding of Karban Pesach in particular. The last Mishnah in, in Meseches Pesachim, Davkuf Chafalaf Medalef, has a machlokas between Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Shmuel. The Mishnah says if you make a bracha on the Karban Pesach, so then you don't have to make a bracha on the Karban Chagiga. However, if you make a bracha on the Karban Chagiga, you still have to make the, kar- the bracha on the Pesach. The opinion, that is the opinion of Rabbi Ishmael. Rabbi Akiva thinks that neither bracha can be motzi, either bracha. In other words, you have to make a special bracha on the Karban Pesach and a special bracha on the Chagiga. The Chagiga, of course, is the Karban that's brought along with the Karban Pesach in order to have meat to eat the night of Pesach so that you can finish the Karban Pesach or eat the Karban Pesach when a person is full. Ha-Pesach nechal alasova, you have to eat the Karban Pesach when you're full. So you can eat the Karban Pesach after you eat the Shalmei Chagiga. And of course, after the Karban Pesach, you're not allowed to eat anything. The Mishnah that we know, that we say in Haggadah, in Maftirim Achor Pesach HaVikoman, you cannot eat after you finish the Karban Pesach. The main problem with this Mishnah is there is a discussion whether one carb, one bracha can fulfill the other carbon. If you can make one bracha on one carbon, can it fulfill the other carbon? At first glance, it's hard to understand why this should be true. They're two separate things. They're two separate halachas completely. There's a carbon Pesach, which of course comes once a year. And it's a special, unusual type of carbon. For certain respects, some of them we'll see a little later. Whereas the uh, the fact that you bring a carbon chagiga or a carbon shlamim, a carbon that you eat every yantif, is not that unique a carbon. It's one that's brought every yantif. In fact, it's basically a shlamim, which should be able to be eaten like the regular dinim of shlamim. The second question is a technical one. The Mishnah has a discussion, if you made the brach on the psachim, can you be motzi the zevach, the chagiga? If you can make a bracha on the Chagiga, to be motzi the Pesach. Now, we know that night of Pesach, you can eat a carbon Chagiga, and you also eat the carbon Pesach, but which is eaten first? We know that you have to finish eating the carbon Pesach at the end. So, you always are going to eat first the Chagiga, and then the carbon Pesach. So how could it be that there's a discussion, if you make a bracha on the, on the Pesach, would it Bimotzi the Chagiga. The Pesach is eaten after the Chagiga. And after the Pesach you do not eat Chagiga. So how could anybody even raise the issue if you made a bracha on the Pesach that you could be Motzi the Zevach or you can't be Motzi the Zevach. You can't make the bracha on Zevach after you eat the carbon, when you eat the carbon Pesach, you, the, you finish the Chagiga already. This question led the Arzarua to a famous Conclusion, and this is the part that's important for Arachayim in general. The is a famous machlokas between the Rambam and the and the Arzarua, whether a person can make a bracha on a mitzvah after he did the mitzvah. 
Everybody agrees that while the mitzvah is going on, a mitzvah that begins and continues, so even though the accepted opinion is that you should make the bracha immediately before you do the mitzvah, that's the meaning of the words, over la'asiyasan. Over la'asiyasan doesn't just mean before you do the mitzvah, it means as close as possible till the time you do the mitzvah. That is the, obviously, with the way we paskin, the maximal time, the best time to make the bracha before you do a mitzvah. However, if a person did not make the bracha before, but the mitzvah goes on, he is continuing to fulfill the mitzvah. Then, people paskin, even the Rambam and others that we'll see, say that you can make the bracha as the mitzvah goes on. For example, a person should make a bracha on tzitzis before he puts on his tzitzis, just before he puts on the tzitzis. But if he did not do so, so since he's wearing tzitzis all the, all the, all the time, he can still make the bracha. Maybe he should move it, adjust it a little bit, but he can make the bracha even though he already put on the tzitzis. And the same is true for tefillin, and the same would be true for other mitzvahs that have an ongoing time. However, the Rambam thinks that after you do fulfill the mitzvah, after you finish the mitzvah, you cannot make a bracha afterwards. The bracha can be made either at best, just before you do the mitzvah, or while the mitzvah is going on, but you cannot make the bracha afterwards. This is similar to the halacha that we found, that we find in connection with birchas hananin. Birchas hananin, a bracha on food, you should make the bracha before you eat. If you're eating, let's say you eat a, a donut, and you should have made a bracha before you start eating the donut. But you forgot. And in the middle of eating the donut, you remember that you have not made a bracha. Obviously, you could make a bracha now. The achila, the food that you're eating, continues. You're eating another bite, so you should make a bracha. And the Ramam, in Perak Aleph, of Hilchas Brachas, Halacha Gimel, compares Birchas HaMitzvah to Birchas Hananin. And he says, Kishem Shemivarchim, and the Rambam really thinks that the equation is important. You make a bracha on the birchas ha-mitzvah, similarly to the type of bracha you make on a birchas ha-nanin, and therefore you can make the bracha only while you're doing the mitzvah. But once you fulfill it, once you finish the mitzvah, you can't make the bracha. The same way you can't make a bracha once you finish the food. Of course, we it is very well known that Rav Salabetchik understood the opinion of the Rambam to be that birchas ha-mitzvah is a bracha which is matir the mitzvah. In order to enter the realm of mitzvahs of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Chachamim instituted a bracha. And they said, this bracha is as if it were the permission to enter this world of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and to do the mitzvah. The same way that we know that you can't really eat without a bracha, the Gemara, the beginning of the sixth parak of Brachos, explains that a person who eats without a bracha is, in a sense, stealing from the world of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So, similarly, a person cannot make a bracha, cannot do a mitzvah without making a bracha. It's a matir. Obviously, according to this line of reasoning, if a person finished eating or if or he finished doing the mitzvah, then there's no point to make the bracha at the end. You can't be matir something retroactively. And therefore, it's a brachal vatala.
The Arzarua disagreed with the Rambam. Apparently, he understood the nature of Birchas HaMitzvah differently than we explained in the Rambam. And he felt the Birchas HaMitzvah somehow just gives a certain feeling or a certain particular aura to the mitzvah that was done or should be, in, at best, should be done in the future or while it's going on. But even once it's done, you can still somehow have the kavana that what I did is l'shei mitzvah and make the bracha. Narzeruah therefore says a person can make a birches ha-mitzvah even after the mitzvah was done. But one of his proofs is from our Mishnah. He said, in our Mishnah we learn that you can make a, well there's a discussion at least, if you can make a bracha on the Kabbin Pesach to be motzi the chagiga. But you can't eat the chagiga after the Kabbin Pesach. So he said, well, this is the scenario. A person ate the Chagiga. Now, before you eat the Chagiga, you're supposed to make a bracha. But a person forgot to make the bracha. And now he's about to eat the carbon Pesach. So now the question is, the bracha that he makes on the carbon Pesach, could it be mostly the Chagiga that he ate beforehand? Or should he make a brichas ha-mitzvah on the Chagiga, which could be made after he finished the Chagiga? So the Arzavua says, our Mishnah is really a proof to his opinion that you can make the birchas ha-mitzvah after you fulfill the mitzvah and the bracha after you eat the carbon chagiga has a discussion in the Mishnah, can the birchas ha-pesach be motzi that bracha or not? If we only wanted to deal technically with the, the unusual circumstance, how could it be that a person ate the carbon pesach after the carbon chagiga, the carbon chagiga after the carbon pesach. Well, we could come up with other scenarios which would not uh, be necessarily a proof to say, Well, it might be exactly the way the Rambam learned. One of those would be: we know that you have to eat the carbon pesach at the end, but is there a halacha that you have to begin with the chagiga? Couldn't it be that a person would be allowed to eat the carbon? Pesach in the very beginning of this of the night of Pesach, but he'll take a little bit, not enough to satisfy him, but he'll eat a little bit of Kam Pesach. At that point, he would make a bracha on the Kavim Pesach. Afterwards, he could perhaps eat a Chagiga. The only time you can't eat after the Kavim Pesach is after you after you finish the Kavim Pesach. The Kavim Pesach should be eaten alasova. In other words, the end of the mitzvah when you finish the Kavim Pesach should be alasova. But it doesn't necessarily mean that the entire Kavim Pesach should be eaten at the end. Perhaps you could eat a little bit at the beginning, eat a little bit of Chagiga in the middle, and at the end, finish with the Kavim Pesach. So, the whole scenario is simple, that the Pesach really came before the Chagiga. The Arzerua might have disagreed with this premise, and might have thought that the entire Kavim Pesach should be eaten after the Chagiga. But certainly one could make a case that there is a, a solution to the problem without resorting to the terrets of the Arzarua. Another suggestion, which could be made, was found already in Achronim, that the bracha that we're talking about is not necessarily the bracha on eating the Chagiga and eating the Pesach. The Mishnah said, Birech al or did not But which bracha are we talking about? Now it's true that many Rishonim say clearly the bracha is on eating the Pesach, on eating the Chagiga. But one could certainly posit 
that the bracha here is the bracha on hakravas hakarban. Well, we know from the Tosefta that when you make, when you, uh, when you bring a carbon, before you bring, prepare the carbon, you make a bracha on the shechita of the, of the carbon, a specific bracha. So here, I don't know if there's an order in which you have to shecht the carbon Pesach and the carbon Chagiga. They're both kabanos that are shechted on Erev Pesach. And maybe here, the question could be if you can make one bracha to be motzi, both. Other suggestions that have been made to discuss the order of eating the carbon, how you could eat the carbon Chagiga after eating the carbon Pesach has in it the famous ramification of the Avninezer, which, again, we've mentioned before, but this time is going to answer a different problem. How are we going to understand the fact that you could eat the carbon Chagiga after the carbon Pesach? Doesn't it say, in Maftir Machar Pesach now we know there's a machlokas between Rebeleza and Azari and Chachamim. If you can eat the carbon Pesach until Or Haboker, the opinion of Chachamim, Rebbe Kiva, or do you have to eat the carbon Pesach by Chatzos, the opinion of Rebeleza and Azari? We somehow have not resolved this machlokas, and we pass in Luchumra that you should eat the Afikoman today before Chatzos. We've already discussed this trick of the Avni Nezer, what to do, the patent of the Avni Nezer, what to do if a person sees that he's already reached a certain part of the Seder, he's talked a lot, and he's up to the time for eating, making hamotzi, and it's close to chatzos. So we mentioned already what the Avni, what the Avni Nezer's idea was. But you see, in this case, a person, let's say, we pass him like Rebbe ben Azariah, so we said, after the, you, after you eat the carbon Pesach, and you must finish the carbon Pesach by Chatzos, so afterwards, how long would it be that you can't eat? We know, that certainly doesn't mean you can never eat, you have to eat the Afikaman. Today, we're talking, I'm speaking now in the month still of Adar, but of course a person's allowed to eat today. I, it's after last year's afikoman. So the halacha of eating the, after the afikoman, that halacha only exists at the time when you could be Yotzeh Kavim Pesach. So let's say according to your Blessed Ben Azariah, I ate the Kavim Pesach and I finished the Kavim Pesach by 8 o'clock. So I can't eat the Kavim Pesach until past Chatzos. Let's say Chatzos is 12 o'clock. So until twelve o'clock, I can't eat because Ein Mafti Yemecha Pesach Havikam, and I finished the Kam Pesach at eight o'clock. Until twelve o'clock, I can't eat, but after twelve o'clock, I could eat. The whole idea of Ein Mafti Yemecha Pesach Havikam means at the time that you could be motzi or biyotzi the Kam Pesach, you have to have the time of the food in your mouth, and you can't eat anything else. We pointed out in a previous year that really according to Ebelezer ben Azariah, the mitzvah of, of Afikoman, the mitzvah of, of Karmen Pesach, should be done not just before Chatzos, theoretically it should be done at Chatzos. Because according to Ebelezer ben Azariah, the source for the halacha, that you have to eat Karmen Pesach by Chatzos, because it says, Bachatzi halayla. HaKadosh Baruch Hu went by Bachatzi halayla at, at midnight precisely. So according to that, we should really eat the carbon Pesach at Chatzos. But of course, we can't do that. Nobody could time it 
to eat the carbon Pesach at Chatzos. You have to finish by Chatzos. But we've suggested that at the time of Chatzos, you actually fulfill the mitzvah according to your Blazim and Azariah. And therefore, it makes a lot of sense that the Tam, either of the Karim Pesach or today, the Afikoman, should be Befiv at the time that you fulfill the mitzvah. But after that, you'd be allowed to eat Chagiga. In fact, we even pointed out that according to Abelazah ben Azariah, the Karim Pesach itself becomes Nosar in the morning. Now, Tos was in Brachas, the end of the first parak, already raised this issue. How could the Kabbalah Pesach be eaten after Chatzos? According to Yerushalayim ben it can't be eaten. And therefore, the question would be, why does it become Nosar in the morning? It should become Nosar in Chatzos. And Tos was explains that according to Yerushalayim you should not do anything that would prohibit it from saying till the morning, which becomes Nosr in the morning. But it becomes Nosr in the morning. So, it's famous in the name of Reb Chaim. The Arsameach says something very, very similar. That the Karim Pesach itself can only be in the Chatzos. But the Karim Pesach itself is also a Shlamim. We'll get back to that later. Since the Karim Pesach itself is really a Shlamim, it is a Shlamim that the Torah limited its eating. Normally for a Shlomim, you're allowed to eat it for two days. But this Shlomim, this Kavim Pesach has unique dinim because it's also a Kavim Pesach and therefore could be eaten until Chatzos. But as far as the Kavim Shlomim goes, it could be that Reb Lezeb and Azariah holds that you could eat it till, until the morning. Now, actually, could you eat it until the morning? It's true that you won't fulfill Kavim Pesach past Chatzos, but could you eat it past Chatzos? as a Kabbin Shlamim, it's brought in the name of Reb Chaim that you cannot do that because it's a bitel ha-mitzvah. It's a bitel asay. A person who brought the Kabbin Pesach on the 14th cannot eat the Kabbin Pesach on the 14th. You must eat the Kabbin Pesach at night time. And if a person eats the Kabbin Pesach or part of it in the day of the 14th, he transgresses what the Torah says, The Torah told me to eat the, the, the meat that night. That's called an Isra Asay. The Torah put it in a positive way. You have to eat the night of Pesach, but if a person does not eat the night of Pesach, so he's mevatel the Asay of Achilas Pesach Balaylo Hazeh. So, Reb Chaim said it's basically the same halacha, whether a person would eat the Pesach, according to Rabbi Zemanazariah, or an Erev Pesach, or eat it after Chatzos, the night of Pesach. In both cases, it's a bitel assay. But So it's very interesting that according to Rebbe Benazariah, you really should feel, finish the Kabbalah Pesach by Chatzos. But if you don't finish it by Chatzos, then it becomes Nosar in the morning, and you're going to be over a lav if you leave it over in the morning. So right now, it's almost as if I have a choice. Would it be better to eat it and be mevatel the assay of the Achluas Habasa Balai or should I sit back and do nothing and be over the Easter of the lav of the Lassusiri Menu at Boker, which of course is a lav shamebo ma'asa. It's a lav which does not have an action, I just didn't do anything. In any case, Reb Chaim explained that you cannot eat the carbon Pasach after Chatzos because it's a bit lassay. But in terms of the idea of eating the carbon chagiga 
the special carbon chagiga, not the Pesach, which is also a shlamim, but the carbon Pesach, the carbon chagiga afterwards, then it's possible that you could eat the carbon Pesach before Chatzos, and then eat the carbon Pesach, the carbon chagiga after Chatzos, in which case the discussion of the Mishnah is certainly well understood. I, can I, when I make the bracha on the Pesach, which is before the chagiga, can I fulfill the bracha on the Chagiga by making a bracha on the Pesach? So we've explained how this situation can occur. How it could be a few different ways that the, you, the bracha on the Pesach may or may not be motzi the Chagiga. So we've su- su- suggested one way, according to the Arzarua, that you make the bracha sort of backwards. First you ate the Chagiga and then you make the bracha. Or we discuss the fact that you could eat the Kabbalah Pesach first at the meal, then the Chagiga, and then the Kabbalah Pesach again. Or we've suggested that according to Blessed Ben Azariah, you could really eat the Kabbalah Chagiga the night of Pesach, right after you eat the, right after you eat the Kabbalah Pesach before Chatzos. And of course, we said that we're not even so sure that this Mishnah is talking about the Bracha on Achilles Kabbalah Pesach, it might very well be talking about the bracha of Shechitas HaPesach. Of course, we've sort of hinted at the fact that the other question can also be discussed now. The question of if which one bracha can be most of the other bracha seemed to show that there's a connection between the Kabbalah Pesach and the Chagiga. Nobody would say, for example, that the bracha on, let's say, Tfilin should pater the mitzvah of, of, of talis, the bracha of talis. So the bracha of talis should pater the bracha of, of, of tefillin. They have nothing to do with each other. But the carbon chagiga and the carbon pesach obviously have something to do with each other. Because the carbon pesach, as we've pointed out, is not just a carbon pesach, it is a carbon shlamim. In a certain vein, a person really might ask the question, when you make the bracha on the Kabbalah Pesach, should you really make two brachas? Because you make a bracha on Achilas Kabbalah Pesach, but there's also a mitzvah of Achilas Shlamim. That itself, by the way, is a, a, a topic for another discussion. Is there really a mitzvah of Achilas Shlamim? Perhaps the mitzvah means the Shlamim should be eaten, but there's no mitzvah per se of eating Shlamim, but let's assume that there's a mitzvah of eating Shlamim, at least enough that you'd make a bracha on eating Shlamim, so one could suggest, I think if I remember correctly, Rav Chavroni, uh, the author of Masas, uh, 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 Sidra of Svarim, a whole group of Svarim called Masas Moshe, Rav Chavroni was the Rosh Hashiva of Chavron. So Rav Chavroni has the discussion that theoretically a person should make two brachas on the, on the Karben Pesach. Uh, Karben Pesach because it's Karben Pesach, and the Karben Pesach because it's a Shlamim. It has the dinim of a Shlamim, but it has other dinim as well. So, since there are two brachas there, you could understand the bracha of Shlamim on the Karben Pesach would be similar or the same bracha as the, Karb, as the bracha on the Shalmei Chagiga. And therefore, the question of would one bracha make, fulfill the other bracha would certainly be understood. Of course, the unique bracha for Achilas Pesach would not be under discussion here. But the bracha on the Shlamim of the Kabbalah Pesach and the Kabbalah Chagiga would be a question whether they can be Meltzi. And somehow we would have to understand do the dinim that apply to the Kabbalah Pesach 
are they really unique? And all the dinim of Kabim Pesach relate to the fact that it's Kabim Pesach. And we'll give one example of this. There is a halacha, Kaben Necha Layochaba. A non-Jewish person cannot eat the Kabim Pesach. Rashi explains, Ben Nechar is not just a non-Jewish person, but a person, what we call a mummer, a person who is an apostate. He cannot eat the Kabim Pesach. Another halacha is that an Orel cannot eat the Kabim Pesach. Now, these dinim, that a Ben Nechar cannot eat a Kabim Pesach, and this din that an Orel cannot eat Pesach, is that a unique din of the Kabim Pesach? Or really shouldn't it apply to Evishlanim as well? According to the Rambam, the Iser of eating the Karban Pesach is not on the person who actually eats it. It's on the Machil. It's on the person who gives it to him to eat. That would seem to indicate it's a special din <coughs> of the Karban Pesach. The, we know the Karban Pesach is the source of another halacha in this respect. Well, actually, not as much a halacha, but an event that happened in Chumash, discussed by the Gemara. Moshe broke the Luchos. And the Gemara says in Shabbos, why did Moshe break, break the Luchos? What was the source of his understanding that the Luchos are to be, are to be broken? And he answered, the Gemara says, that Moshe learned it as it were, from a Kavachomer. Because it says, look at the Kabin Pesach. It's only one of the 613 mitzvahs. And the Torah said, Ko ben lo A ben Nechar cannot eat the Kabin Pesach. So, the Gemara interprets ben Nechar here as an apostate. And the Gemara says, if that would be true, then for one mitzvah, uh, an apostate, a mummer, cannot partake in the Karim Pesach, which is only one of 613 mitzvahs, so the entire Torah to be given to Am Yisrael when they were in a state of worshipping the Egel is impossible. So Moshe understood this and broke the Luchos. Tosus Shabbos, Beisayinam and Aleph, points out this is not a Kavachomer because there's a special din that a mummer cannot eat a carbon. But, he said, on the other hand, Torah could be given to the person who's a mummer in order to bring him back into the fold. Nevertheless, the Pshat Negimere is that Moshe learned from carbon Pesach that a mummer cannot eat carbon Pesach. And we said it's a special din by carbon Pesach. Why is that true? The Karim Pesach has in it the din of Ashlamim, but nevertheless, this unique dinim of the Karim Pesach, called Ben Necha Layochabo, and this is only related to Karim Pesach according to the Rambam. Karim Pesach represents something beyond just another mitzvah. Tosas pointed out that it's a carbon, and it would seem that Tosas thinks like it's any other carbon. But 
we can argue the Karim Pesach is not just a regular carbon. In, in Chumash, on the Pasuk, V'hayake ezrach ha'aretz, on that pasuk that says that describes who is Chayv and Karben Pesach, it says that a, a convert to Judaism, he's like any other person, and he eats the Karben Pesach on Pesach. Rashi points out in Chumash that there would we might have thought that a person who converts to Judaism should bring a Karben Pesach when he converts. The Torah told me no. You bring the Kabbalah Pesach and eat the Kabbalah Pesach when you, when, when it's Pesach. But why would a person have thought that you eat the Kabbalah Pesach, the uh, Ger should bring a Kabbalah Pesach as an act of conversion? The Gemara in Kresis points out what a person has to do to convert. You have to have Mila, you have to have Tvila, you have to go to Mikvah, you have to have a Bris, you have to have a Karban at the time of the Gemara. But, why would you think you'd have to have a Kabbalah Pesach? A, 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 a person could convert any time of the year. We see from here, the Kabbalah Pesach has a unique characteristic. The Kabbalah Pesach is not just a carbon; It's a carbon which creates a covenant between Kaddish Baruch and us. It is a Krisas Bris. Therefore, Moshe's Kavachomer is one mitzvah which has in it the element of Kabbalah Pesach cannot be performed by a mummer. The entire Torah, which is certainly a krisas bris with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, cannot be given when Bnei Yisrael are in a, in a state of mummers. The hava amina would be that in order to convert to Judaism, a, a non-Jew must enter the bris. And since Kabbalah Pesach is a bris, you would have thought the Kabbalah Pesach should be brought by every mummer. Of course, we learn it's not true. It's a bris on the night of Pesach. It's not a bris the whole year round. But it is a special krisas bris. And of course, we understand well that the din of Kabbalah Pesach is one of two mitzvahs say, one of two mitzvahs that a person who does not fulfill his mitzvahs is chayiv kares. Normally, the Mishnah in Krisus in the very beginning gives a list of all the people that are Chayef Kares. And of course, to be Chayef Kares, to be cut off, that's literally the meaning of the word Kares. You're cut off is a very severe punishment that's given for very severe Averos. But the Mishnah also says there are two mitzvahs, two positive mitzvahs, that have in them the element that if a person does not do these mitzvahs, he's Chayef Kares. And those two mitzvahs, of course, are Bris Mila and Karben Pesach. Now we understand that bris mila, the very word that we use, the bris mila, the bris, is a krisas bris. It's a covenant. And a person who does not enter that covenant is indeed cut off. And so it is true of the Karban Pesach. The Karban Pesach is unique, a special carbon, And therefore, if a person does not bring the Karban Pesach, he in effect is cut off from Klai Yisrael. He did not do the bris between him and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There is a very interesting opinion of the Me'iri about the definition of an Arel. Now, we know generally that an Arel means a person who is not circumcised, a person who did not have a bris, because for whatever reason he did not have a bris, is an Arel. What would happen if a person who for a life-threatening situation did not have a bris? 
An Orel Shemesuechel The case in the Gemara discusses the case of two brothers that died as a result of having a bris. The third brother need not have a bris. Today we would assume that this has something to do with a disease of hemophilia or something like that. That a genetic type of thing that two brothers died, you don't give the bris to the third. Is it Orel or not? Rabbeinu Tam and Rashi disagree with this. Whether an Orel, a a person who wanted to have a bris, but could not have a bris, whether he is considered an Orel. The Me'iri thinks that even if you think that an Orel, is not an Orel, and therefore, for example, he could eat Shruma, he nevertheless would agree that he could not eat the carbon Pesach. Because perhaps we don't punish him. Perhaps we don't assume that he's high of kares. Perhaps for all practical purposes, I say, he's considered as a Nemo. But for Kaban Pesach, you must have the bris befoal. You must actually be a ben bris. A person who does not have the bris, we have a lot of reasons to excuse him and we're not going to criticize. But nevertheless, there is no krisas bris and he can't eat the Kaban Pesach. So we've seen that the Kaban Pesach is a unique type of bracha, type of mitzvah, and therefore we could understand a discussion whether the Kaban Pesach, which indeed has in it elements of shlamim, but the entire din of Kaban Pesach might be unique, and therefore we would have to discuss if the bracha on the Pesach could fulfill the Zevach, and if the bracha on the Zevach could fulfill the Pesach. We've learned, in general, the understanding of how it could be, and why it could be. How could it be that there'd be a discussion if the Chagiga comes after the Pesach? And how it, there could be a discussion whether one bracha could fulfill the other bracha, whether the Shlamim and the, and the Kabim Pesach really have many things or certain things in common.